everybody. This is Bo. This is the Hero Hero Go Show. Uh, I, sorry for the long intro there. Uh, I was uh, enjoying the music myself. Uh, I'm a big fan of this particular Mop of Head uh, song, uh, which happens to be called Dear Sad Big Laugher. Also, uh, what it goes on my tombstone. Um, folks, it's been a while. Sorry about that. But uh, we're bringing this show back in style by completing... Uh, coming to the, the end of the road with our discussion of the Tomie series, clearly the most important series of film in the history of cinema. With me, as always, to discuss the Tomie films is Mr. Richard Tomie Schmidt himself. Richard Schmidt. <laughs> I don't, I don't, Bo, I don't want it to be over. It's, <laughs> I know, I feel like that Green Day song should play now. Uh, time of our lives. Um, <laughs> that, that made it all better. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it is kind of a bummer. Uh, hopefully they'll make more so we can do this again. But, I mean, if we're going to go out, let's go out with some fucking style. Oh, yeah. And we have before us uh, tonight two films uh, to end our discussion of the Tomie series. Um, Tomie versus Tomie, uh, a certainly an exhilarating title, Richard. Um, <laughs> Tomies, t- there are Tomies, Tomie, Tomies, um, and then there is Tomie Unlimited, which, as I pointed out many times in our discussion, I was excited for you to see because you hadn't, and it is directed by Noboru Aguchi, who is a crazy person. Oh, yeah. And it is a Tomie film unlike any other Tomie film. Um, but I I kind of adore it uh, for all its craziness. So, uh, but, but sir, listeners are going to ask me, um, first of all, where are my keys? And I don't answer those kinds of questions. But they also ask, uh, hey, how's Richard doing? How are you, sir? How's everything? I thing? am well, except for this torrential downpour that's happening right now while we're recording but it Hopefully seems I won't, I won't get struck down oh man but if you did richard <laughs> the hits we'd get i know legendary legion moment i am wearing my legion podcast t-shirt see i am too see the video everybody twins you fools we are it's like uh <laughs> bromier versus bromier because we have the same shirt <laughs> Nice. Which is, do you have gray or black? What I have the gray right now. Me too. Uh, uh, uh. We should have called each other before. Um, <laughs> so, but all right. So famously, a couple of things to talk about. One, you are one of the hosts, the uh, sort of the primary host in the rotating chairs of Hello, This is the Doom Show. Or should it be Hello, This is the Doom Show. <laughs> I should have a question mark in there. Hello? Hello? This is the Doom Show? Yeah, I think I think it should be exclamation point, then question mark. So it's, hello, this is the Doom Show? <laughs> so, but... <laughs> but I don't know how you would, like... Because the way that I always think of it is, hello, hello, this is, this the, is doom the Doom Show. show. 
Yeah, oh yeah, it's catchy as shit. It's the Doom Show. So that's how I hear it in my head, but there's no way to like portray that in in mere text, Richard. That is the gift of music, really. (laughs) (laughs) Is that it's not just words. But the larger point is uh that it is a terrific show. And if if listeners to this show have not been listening to it, um in a weird way, it is like I, well, I should do the reverse of this uh, to get it proper. That this show is sort of, hello, this is the Doom Show for Asian films, as hello, the, this is the Doom Show is to Gialli, oh. in a lot of ways. Uh, like you don't strictly do Gialli, but it's a lot. Uh, yeah, we're really bogged down in the Italian horror. Like, I I tried to mix it up this summer but it's really difficult because we're drawn like a uh, a really fat fly to the flame not even a moth to to just italian to horror in general sweet, sweet italian like, honey <laughs> oh it's so great there's so much to talk about with really cheesy italian horror films which we love them we're not just there to make fun of them we really genuinely love those films and of course gialli are just they're just ripe for discussion. So, yeah. yeah. I, I like the comparison you made between this show and my show. It's I thank you. I, I thank you. I mean, you were you were certainly uh, there before I was. So, uh, But I'm not doing Italian stuff. I, and, and this is the other <laughs> thing we got to discuss real quick. Um, because if I say it here, it will probably be a real thing. <gasps> but we... When I was doing the the show uh, for Podcast Under the Stairs, the Duncan McLeish show in which he is doing all these 70s films. Oh, man. Epic. Yeah. And a great series of shows. Everybody should be checking that out. Um, And I'm on a couple of them. And I was forced, because we're talking about the early 70s, to watch more Gialli in a 48-hour period than I had in the past decade. Nice. And and what I learned was, I really like Gialli. <laughs> so, uh, I like. I don't know what the hangup was before. As, as you know, I I said on the show it was because there were no killer bears in most Gialli films, and that would have really <laughs> got me on board earlier. But then I saw after seeing uh, um, a short night of glass dolls, and um, oh, you know, watching that and Lizard and Woman's Skin and Cat and Nine Tails and like all these great movies, like right on top of each other. Nice. And I was just like, man, I'm I'm kind of in the bag for this. Uh, and and I think partially it's due to the fact that my tastes have been more late, like middle sixties to mid seventies lately, anyway. And, oh, man. and good so, era. I mean. I just I I can't get away from those Hammer movies, man. At at some point, I'm just gonna it, like there will just be an epic ten hour one man show of me talking about Hammer films, uh, and and like all right, let's talk about Captain Clegg. No fucking around. Peter Cushing is awesome in this. Oh, um, dude, that's a great like that's a great place to get stuck because. <laughs> Even like a terrible Hammer movie is still a great movie. It, it like, really is. Do they have any terrible movies? You know, uh, and I really, really like Captain Clegg. That's that's a film I put off because I was like, oh, it's not strictly horror. Meh. Then I finally watched it. And I was like, holy shit, this is a cool movie. 
it really i mean it's a movie about like ghost pirates and shit only not really but also yes. peter cushing is a fucking pirate spoilers peter cushing is a fucking pirate and swings from a chandelier and all kinds of stuff it's the best um anyway so uh yeah so the thing that that we discussed on the podcast under the stairs show is that uh we should do an episode of of teapots where duncan and yourself sir recommend gialli films i have not seen which mm. is like that's i've got a big blind spot so there's plenty of room to move there and oh, man. and then we all sit down to discuss those movies me as the neophyte and you as you know the jedi master the jihadi oh, master the old stinky guy the old old swampy we call him <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds great. So now that I've said it here and we've talked about it there, it's like it'll happen somewhere down the line, not anytime soon. But we'll yeah. we'll put that on the calendar. I'll tell I'll tell Duncan you're in. I'll be like Scottish. Duncan. You'll tell Scottish Bo that. I'll tell Scottish Bo. I'll be like, guess what? He's in. And then you know it'll happen. Uh, Wait, you're you're American Duncan. I am American Duncan. He's Scottish Bo. Yeah, I think that's how it works. Only. Um, <laughs> Scottish Bo uh, has much more like child problems uh, than American Duncan does as we were recording this week and our recording got cut in twain um, much like a couple of Tomies. oh no um, because his daughter kept getting up but the excuses that she gave were like i need a drink of water i need to pee and i'll also i think there's a ghost in here and i was Aww. like well then you win you know uh it's you it's pretty adorable uh speaking of adorable shall we get to business yeah and it is dark business indeed sir um <laughs> uh, because we are talking about our first film tonight tomie versus tomie this is movie number eight, if we are counting uh, Another Face, which we are. Um, otherwise, like, it always f freaks me out when I read the synopsis of Unlimited, and it's like the eighth film in the series. It's like, no, there is there is another Tomie, and she is adorable. Um, <laughs> in this case, the Tomies are played by Yu Abiru and Amiko Matsuoka. Uh, it is directed by Tomihiro Kubo. Uh, who only directed, like, three things total, and this is one of them. Um, uh, and I think maybe this was the first thing he directed? I don't know. I don't remember. No, no, the other stuff he did was all that notable. Um, so let's, uh, let's jete through this film. Um, so it, we open up, Richard, on a crying baby in a needle, which is... You know, that's a Saturday for you. Um, Sounds like Tampa. Yeah, right. That's that is some straight up Florida shit. There is people in <laughs> just injecting stuff into a baby to see what happens. <laughs> but but yeah, so somebody's injecting blood into a baby, and and then we cut from that to a young girl walking alone in the woods, uh, and she comes across a, a wounded bird. And as you do, she picks up a rock and smashes the injured bird, uh, as opposed to, you know, one would assume helping it. And another young girl rolls up on her 
And we see that both of them have a very distinctive mole under their left eye. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. And then titles, Tomie versus Tomie. <laughs> oh, brother, it's gonna be a rumble. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> we've got love demon on love demon. Uh, I don't watch enough wrestling to be real good at that, sorry. One of them's going to tag the Iron Sheik or something? Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> Coming over the top rope, we've got a Tomie. The, Hulks, Tomie. the Hulkster's fallen in love with her, and now he's killing her with a chair. <laughs> oh, it's a vicious cycle, folks. Oh. Well, now we know what the 10th Tomie film will be all about. Oh, WW Tomie. Um, ah. <laughs> uh, which is different uh, from the Great War, which was <laughs> WW Tumie. <laughs> oh man, uh, uh, this is already our best show. Uh, so <laughs> we cut to uh, our 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 lead guy Umihara. Um, in therapy, uh, talking about his bad dreams, and and he's he's at a stage of therapy where he's saying, "I'm cool now," you know, like my bad dreams are fading. I'm not having panic panic attacks during the day. Uh, I stopped taking my medication, which is always a good idea. <laughs> Perfect, um, right? He's like, "I don't need it anymore. I'm fine." And and that's <laughs> not how it works. It turns out. Um, so he and he says, like, "I want this to be our last session. I'm ready to kind of." go out and lead a normal life. I even have a new job, which is in no way creepy, uh, <laughs> which seemed like over explaining uh, as he said it, but, and, but he says like, I have to accept what I've lost and I, I, and I need to move on. And his therapist says some smart things about like, look, you probably shouldn't do this. And also shit's going to pop up when you least expect it. That's the nature of psychological trauma. And that's where we are with things. But, um, Umahara just decides to fuck off. He's he's done with therapy, and then on the way home, he sees a weird old dude living under a bridge. <laughs> which I mean, if you want to put money on it, that's where I'm ending up. He's uh, he's either a troll or a billy goat, so be careful. Right and. Because of the hat and raincoat, we can't rule goat out. <laughs> uh, don't don't start laughing at that stuff because I've built an entire Twin Peaks show off of the back of just making noises at someone. <laughs> that would be David Lynch's favorite episode. Yes, it would. Uh, David Lynch, God bless you. Um, I've been listening to a lot of David Lynch music uh, of late as oh well. Oh my god, I know. It's kind of great. Yep. It kind of is. Um, it reminds me a lot of a kind of a a little more Southern fried, but a guy named Jim White, who's just this real yeah, kind of ethereal yeah. weirdo that I really like a lot. And there's a little bit of that in David Lynch or vice versa. Um, anyway. It's not the point. So Umahara runs into the, the old dude under the bridge who seems to be muttering something about the death of uh, Umahara's girlfriend. 
And but Umahara doesn't know if he is actually seeing this guy and, you know, maybe the therapy ain't sticking like he thought. And then he goes home and to hammer home the point that maybe things ain't all right with Umahara. uh, We find his in his bedroom shrine to Naoko, uh, who is the girl that uh, he was in love with, who died. And uh, and there are implications she was murdered as well, but we'll get into that. So anyway, uh, point being, Umahara maybe not totally collected mentally. No, sir. And because he's a weirdo, his new job is at a mannequin factory, which is... Like, on the job application, you have to check the box that says, are you a weirdo? Because that's the only way you would ever work in an environment with a bunch of fake people around all the time. You always have someone to talk to. Uh, well, all right. So, it, his boss is showing him around. Vegeta is, is his boss's name. And Vegeta is showing him around, and he's like, Look, your job, like maybe at some point we'll get you into design and whatnot, but what your job is, is to take these like base mannequins, clean them up and sand them down, and then they go to this room where they get the makeup and then a wig if if that's requested. And Umahara is just like, this sounds great. And it's like, no, that sounds terrifying. (laughs) You are going to be haunted. There is no getting around it if you work in a mannequin factory. And listeners, if you work in a mannequin factory, send in your ghost stories because I know you got them. Oh, man. Like, you'd be busy telling us a ghost story when another one would happen to you. (laughs) You can't swing a ghost cat without hitting a ghost in this place. (laughs) Um, I think this is a good time to mention um, I I acquired this film in a very special way. And uh, I had the worst (laughs) subtitles. I have literally ever seen, ever, and I have seen a lot of bad subtitles. These were obviously translated by a person who spoke only Japanese by dumping all of the text into a English translator and then slapping them back in. That sounds so amazing. you never you always translate into your own language. You don't translate into a language you don't understand. <laughs> so, for instance, um, people's names are like Rich River, and people's names are like Rattan Farmland. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound great. Um, I I had to stop like writing anything down as far as what they were saying, because it was all gibberish and not even funny gibberish. Right. Just, this is indecipherable nonsense. Uh, this is just it, like lorem ipsum kind of stuff. Yeah. So almost. basically all the dialogue is lost on me for this discussion. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, in fairness that like it's very, most of it's pretty routine there. It doesn't get flowery the way that some of the Tomie films do. So it's not yeah. like you were missing out on some Shakespeare here, but <laughs> I can help you with names. So Umahara is our main guy. Fujita is his boss. Naoko is his, uh, Umahara's girlfriend. Um, I don't know what the therapist names was. It doesn't matter, but we'll, uh, all right. So let, let's keep moving through the factory here. 
because then all right and also Vegeta his boss is like hey also there's part of the factory I don't want you to go to because the industry secrets and whatnot because you know I'm sure there are plenty of secrets in making fake people um <laughs> I don't know and nice. <laughs> so uh he Umahara is then introduced to a guy named Kashida who is also relatively new at the mannequin factory but is you know, senior to Umahara. And so they get to work kind of cleaning some shit up and, you know, just kind of chit chatting and whatnot. It's very routine stuff. So then we follow Fujita who goes to the secret place in the mannequin factory because he's a weirdo too. And we have a Tomie. Yes. Mm-mm-mm. How do you do, Tomie? And she, I don't know what that was about. So <laughs> she is just hanging out, kind of watching uh, like Umahara and whatnot. And she she says um, that she wants Umahara brought up to her, and because she's bored. And she also uh, starts asking, and maybe this will be helpful too. So she's also asking Vegeta about that other thing. She doesn't put a name to it yet, but it's clear that, like, there's another subplot happening here. Besides, which, you know, some of my complaints with with some of the earlier Tomie films is that they're kind of one note. It's just like, okay, we're retelling the story of Tomie. Here's a different group of people, blah, blah, blah. And this is a little bit more plot-oriented in some ways in that you, you know, there are a lot of moving parts and a lot of characters and whatnot, and they all are reasonably understandable unless you're watching bad bad subtitles uh all their motivations are 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 reasonable and whatnot so i really love the music in this scene like super like this little piece of music they thankfully use a whole lot in this is really beautiful some of the best music in like the last four or five films it's really good yeah it's really good and and i i didn't make a note of it but I did make a note that when we go to Unlimited, the music is so much worse in that film. There are moments it's real good, but yeah. there there's a lot of there's a lot of bad, real routine kind of music that goes on in Unlimited. Whereas this does, like this whole movie feels like an honest to goodness movie. Like people were trying here, um, and I think there's, uh, yeah, like you said, some some real good music, and I think it's shot reasonably well too. Um, I think the shots, especially of, of uh, mannequin Tomie, Tomie number one, we'll call her, uh, of her in her room with all the kind of draped cloths and everything. Very stylish. It's real cool. Um, so anyway, um, there's another dude with a hammer who's got a Tomie on his hands. And in this case. Uh, she's kind of peeling off from a body and mm. she's like, Hey, you got to cut me off of this diantomie and burn this thing because I'm the real Tomie. And, uh, <laughs> which is aw- just an awesome moment of just like, cut me off. And <laughs> so good. And, uh, she's also talking about how they need to find her. You know, in quotes. And that they need her blood. 
And so this crazy homeless looking dude with the hammer who's about to hack off, you know, this subtomie from a diantomie, um, he says that they're close. Um, so that's got to be a healthy relationship. Um, oh, yeah, totally. This movie is just chock full of. Um, whereas the next film we talk about is just uh, Self-Esteem, the movie. <laughs> this one is more Mental Health, the movie. Um, so, yeah, everybody's relationship is terrible in this film. Uh, so, all right, we leave uh, those those characters to go back to the mannequin factory and their Kushida is kind of like being very complimentary of Umahara and, and um, who is obviously digging his job because he's a real creep and a weirdo. And Kushida is like, look, I got to tell you about some shit. And he's like, the owner of this place is barely around and they say he goes somewhere, but nobody knows where. And then Kushida invites him out after work um, to to kind of dish on some dirt. And then Umahara says, like, I can't because his boss, Vegeta, asked him to go meet someone after work. And then Kushida gets real chill with him. Not chill like we're good with each other. Like, he he, he really cools off. And he's like, okay, fine, whatever. And just kind of get, gets gone as if he knows something. And, uh, so after that, Vegeta grabs Umahara and takes him to the hidden room and introduces him to, here's a quote, the real head of the factory is what he calls her. And when, but when he opens the door, the first person he sees is this tall, like lurch looking motherfucker nice. in a work smock. <laughs> And uh, Umahara is like, he's the head of the factory? And Fujita's like, no, 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 he's one of my best employees. <laughs> That's not him. Don't he worry. wasn't supposed to be there, okay? just Let me just get through this. I'll tell you what. Look, Lurch, you go back out. <laughs> I'm going to take Umahara back into the hallway. I'm going to open the door. And then, here we go. Real head of the factory, everybody. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out it's Tomie, of course. Yes. And she says that she's been watching... <clears throat> Umahara and that um he he sees when he sees her he thinks she looks a bit like Naoko his lost love and she says that Vegeta and the guy and the other guy are just people who like her and come to visit her and then she's like maybe you'd like to come and visit me too mhm mhm <laughs> <laughs> But and then she says, like, hey, also someone is after me and I need someone to protect me. But Umahara, uh, surprisingly in these films, is like, I'm getting out of here. You are you're a crazy person. Dude, and, and, he actually resists the Tomie, like right out of the gate. I'm like, what? Right? He's just immediately like, I'm done. I'm out. And blows past Vegeta and Lurch. And is gone. And Tomie is not happy about this. And she's like, I, I need him brought back here again. And I, like, we gotta, we gotta go around too here. Cause this ain't how things go for Tomie. And that's not how Tomie rolls. Um, mm -hmm. And then uh, she also asked Vegeta about the girl again. 
and then he just begs forgiveness and she has Lurch beat the shit out of him. Now that is so Tomie. Eh? That's so Tomie. <laughs> um, and then Umahara, uh, Umahara seems to have kind of overheard some of this too. So uh, anyway, we we cut to back into the room and Manic and Tomie is starting to show some like scaly patches uh, on, on her skin. And she's like, I've got to hurry. And anyway, so we have a Tomie who is sick with another Tomie out in the wild who is looking for blood and also Umahara who seems to be immune to Tomie's, which is all pretty good for a Tomie film, Richard. Yeah, that's totally weird. I love it. I love when he just bucks the formula like, ah, fuck it. Right, yeah, he's just like, I'm not going to be affected by this at all. It, it's the best. and But he is dreaming uh, back home. He's having a dream of Naoko again, and they're kissing in the rain, and they run into this warehouse, and she starts begging for help, uh, for help and not helps. Uh, she's begging for all the helps, Richard. <laughs> and then she's stabbed by a stranger, and Umahara wakes up. And then we go back to the mannequin factory, uh, which, let's just get this out of the way. For it being set in a mannequin factory, that fact is sadly underutilized. It plays yeah. into it a little bit, but not that much. And it feels like there should have been one good scene where mannequins were a big deal other than the fire thing. But that's kind of it. Mm, like a, a tourist trap situation. Have you seen that one? Oh, God, yeah. Dude, uh, that's a great movie. Telling you. Ugh. Um. Anyway, all right. So next day, Umahara is back at the Mackin factory, and Tomie is watching him work. And I do like this. Is actually the line from my notes. I like that, despite her rotting away, a Tomie do what a Tomie do. You have. Oh, I touched my phone. Uh oh. Sorry. Bloop. You're an idiot, Richard. Don't touch things when Bo's talking. Stop playing around. I futzed it. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Kushida. All right. So, like, it, Umahara sees Tomie watching him, and then Kushida shows up and uh, is giving him kind of a weird look, and he's like, "You, you ought to take a break." And Umahara is like, "No, nah, I'm fine. I'm, I'm good." And Kashida says, well, did you meet with her? And he says, look, what I want to tell you is that those guys are crazy. And they're keeping this girl trapped uh, up in this factory. And he's like, what we ought to do is go and save her. And Umahara is like, fuck that. I met her. There is something fucked up in that factory room. And I want no part of it. And just as he turns to leave, somebody comes up, uh, well, Kushida leaves. And after he leaves, somebody comes up behind Umahara and knocks him out because there was no way he was going to go willingly. So now he wakes up in Manic and Tomie's room again, which again, part of my notes, also the set for a music video. I'm just not sure which one. Um, uh, eyes without a fur. Maybe so. Yeah. Or a total eclipse of the heart. Yeah, it's a real total eclipse of the heart set as well. I didn't realize how many videos now. I can't believe I couldn't th come up with one. 
That's why you're here. Hey, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Hey, Tommy, eh? Hey, Tommy, eh? <laughs> oh, I, 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 Tommy, I'm... eh? No one understands. <laughs> uh... <laughs> um, you multiply like you got some crazy glands. Anyway, oh god, I could I could do it all night. Um, Please do. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, where were we? Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, even though he wakes up in Tomie's room and Tomie is giving him like the full on Tomie treatment of being kind of coy and but real interested in him too um she's like he he's real shy he doesn't really talk to her and then finally he says like who are you and why are you here and then she confirms the story that Kashida told him because she says that she's trapped there by the the men and that she needs him to help her escape and then umahara is like i don't understand and i'm once more getting out of here and then tomie brings up his dead girlfriend and she even says, she's like, I'll take the place of her. And mm. right again, mental health, the movie of like, not only are you as a woman saying that you are going to dismiss your own personality to be the living persona of my dead girlfriend. He's like, eh, it's still not enough. And so he starts taking off. And, uh, but when he sees her, he sees like a bloody Naoko, his girlfriend and shoves her away. And it's just like, leave me alone. You know, you're not fat. You're not nothing. Um, <laughs> ding dong, man. Ding dong. Yo, ding dong. God, that video is the best. Um, and, and so once more though, Umahara is like, I need you to leave me alone. Just go, will you please get away from me? And Tomie is once more surprised. And when he goes out, though, he finds out that Kushida is in the room with Lurch and Fujita. And Kushida is accusing Lurch and Fujita of just wanting to kill Tomie. Which ultimately, of course, is what happens with any Tomie's that you murder and so while Kishida is kind of creating chaos in the room with these two, Umahara gets out of there. And then we see, uh, we go to second Tomie, who is with, uh, you know, just some random homeless dude or something. It's like factory Tomie at least has a pretty decent setup. This other Tomie, real fly by night operation. <laughs> terrible at networking <laughs> not good not good at all but then again she just did get peeled off of another body so i'm sure mm. you know it happens so but so um her hair is starting to fall out also and she's looking none too well and her toady she's like are you loyal to me i can't like you know she's looking a little desperate quite frankly um but then again, so is uh, Manic and Tomie. Um, and so we leave that Tomie and cut back to Umahara, who's at his uh, crazy person shrine in his bedroom. And he is talking to, I guess, you know, the shrine of Naoko and saying, "I, you know, I'm not going to go back to the Mannequin factory. I'm done with that place. Like It's cuckoo. It's... 
the cuckoo clock interrupts the show. Okay. Um, it's almost like a commercial break. Uh, and good for him. The next time we see Umahara after talking to his shrine all crazy is he's back in therapy, which even in my notes, I say, this is the, for the best. This is where he belongs. This is where he needs to stay. But and his therapist is asking about like what happened six months before when Noko died, and and is even questioning whether she died at all. And um, Umahara is like, well, if she's not dead, then where did she go? I haven't seen her since that night, and I remember someone killing her. But again, there's a whole lot of mystery surrounding the death of his girlfriend, and if you're a real clever kyle you might suspect that it could be tomie related um Mm -hmm. i'm i watch a lot of uh criminal minds so i'm pretty good with that stuff i watch a lot of murder she wrote so i follow your meaning yeah sure oh man angela lansbury's a looker Mm -hmm. i just gotta get that off my my chest um so when we cut back to mannequin tomie tomie number one uh, she's telling Vegeta that uh, she can't stay at the factory anymore, and she's pissed that Umahara is gone, and Kashida seems to be missing too. And Kashida is uh, actually doing some bad business because he has gotten Lurch to come meet Tomie number two. And uh, then... You know, so Tomie number two is working her mojo on Lurch, who, quite frankly, is probably bottom of the totem pole with Tomie number one. Because it's got to go like Vegeta, Umahara, as soon as he comes around, and Lurch at the bottom. Oh, you know, sorry. But if you're working, if you're wearing a jumpsuit and you're that tall, you're, eh, there's just something creepy about it. And even Tomie has standards. Actually, the highest of standards. Um, so while that's going on, Umahara is uh, going for a stroll, and we see Crazy Under the Bridge guy again. And uh, he's like, you know, you seem to be getting along well with the girl, but they're poorly made, and eventually it, it will end, he says. And I like I like his description of them as poorly made. Um, which you probably did not get in the subtitles. <laughs> no, but I like that. Yeah, it's cool. And then Umahara finally says, like, who are you? And uh, and the crazy guy is like, you don't remember my face. And they kind of do a stare down for a second. And then the crazy guy under the bridge looks a little scared and then just lets him go. And then at the mannequin factory... There are fires going on that, like, some of the mannequins have been set on fire, which is setting off alarms, and it draws Tomie number one out to see what the fuck is going on. Yeah. And so Lurch shows up and is like, hey, come with me. And so Tomie number one follows her. And then Kushida jumps in, and they're going to kill her. Uh, or not Kushida, it's, uh, I, they look alike, sorry, I've been calling them Kushida, it's just Tomie number uh, two's toady. Um, so sorry about that for c- 
confusing uh, that for the past 10 minutes. Anyway, but Kushida, um, <laughs> or the, the guy who's not Kushida, starts going after Tomie number one after she gets away from Lurch. And then Kushida does show up and they're slugging it out while Tomie number one goes on the run in the factory. And then we see that Umahara is heading to the factory too because he has heard the alarms from the fire. And then finally, Richard. Finally. The titular moment where we have Tomie versus Tomie. The two Tomies see yes. each other and are super catty right away. Uh, oh, man. That's so Tomie. That is so Tomie. Tumi, eh? Yeah, it's it's a pretty it, it's a pretty fun scene. Uh, I think it, for my money, could have gone on a little bit longer uh, totally. to, to see these two characters kind of jab at each other. But it's just like, like they could have gone on a huge tangent about how poor quality the clothes that their toadies like brought them. Like that's the most you could influence him. Like, what is up with that sweater? You know. Like, that, oh, well, he yeah. brought me caviar. <laughs> that kind of stuff, or even, like, they do dig, dig at each other about being impure. Ah, cool. And, because uh, that's a big thing in this film, is that as we learn very soon, there is an issue of uh, of, of purity. And um, so, Tomie number two's thug grabs Tomie number one and Tomie number two is about to stab Tomie number one. And then Umahara shows up just in the nick of time and saves the day with a mannequin leg. Yes. Which is pretty great. <laughs> and so Umahara grabs Tomie number one or mannequin Tomie and uh, tries to get away with her Tomie number two is in pursuit. And then they run into Fujita, who is completely Tomie crazy at this point and doesn't want anyone to take Tomie away from him. So Tomie runs away from all of them while Umahara is fighting with Fujita so that Umahara doesn't steal Tomie away from him. But good fortune shines on Umahara. Uh, because Tomie number two's pal runs at Fujita with an axe. Fujita shoots him in the gut with a shotgun, but he doesn't die before he brings the axe down on Fujita's head. So we have yep. a double murder of axe and shotgun near simultaneously, which is fantastic. I was like, you brought a gun to an axe fight? Psh, idiot. It was, it's one of my favorite things that happens in this movie. No, and, it's great. And maybe in the series, quite frankly. It, it is Ooh. really wonderful. Uh, but all right, so now we've got Tomie chasing, Tomie number two is chasing Tomie number one through the factory. Um, she finds this giant damn hole in the floor <laughs> and kind of stands in front of him. It's like, what, the, what is this? And then Tomie number one sneaks up behind her and shoves her into the hole. Oh man, that whole the way the way it's revealed is such a great like Twin Peaksy Lynchian moment. 
it it really is and, and when she gets shoved into the hole even her descent is really well done there's this great kind of tumbling motion with the camera and stuff it's real fun and so she's all busted up at the bottom of this i don't know metal well that's in the middle of this place for no good reason that i can think of other than to, to get rid of tomie's <laughs> um, but tomie number two is like hey i've been i've been trying to get you because i'm you know i'm i'm breaking down and tomie number one is like look this was all a waste of time for both of us because I'm like a half half blood Tomie myself and I'm going through the same thing. So our blood doesn't help each other, but rather than come to some sort of detente now that that's out of the way, uh, instead Tomie number one, just pours a bunch of gas on Tomie number two and, uh, sets her on fire in the shaft. Done and done. That part made me sad. Bye Tomie too. Hmm. Yeah, it's a shame. So Umahara takes Tomie home. And uh, when she f- gets around to asking, like, why you saved her, he doesn't really respond to her. And he also gets his first look at the fact that she's got, like, all these weird, like, scales and rot going on. And she f- starts flipping out because she realizes that she's about to die. And it's one of the few, like, sympathetic Tomies we get where, I mean, <laughs> she still just did burn someone alive. But uh, in in to- in relative Tomie terms, she's actually a fairly <laughs> sympathetic person, at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, and she even like is seeking a little bit of solace from Umahar, and it doesn't seem like she's overtly trying to use him at this point. She's just in actual distress, and and he says like, "Look, I'm not doing this because I feel sorry for you," and and that's where she says, "Look, I've got to find out the real me, or I'm gonna die, and I need your help." And she, then she kisses him, but he doesn't really kiss her back. And then he has another vision of his bloody girlfriend and the image of her enveloped by fire, which is kind of a mood killer, Richard. I don't know if you've ever had that moment in your relationship. Uh, No, I've always found the reverse is true. Like, I can't get excited about kissing until that vision kicks in. So (laughs) Until you see someone bloody and eventually consumed by flame? Yep. That's a boner sound, everybody. Thanks. <laughs> I'll see if I can underscore that with a good old-fashioned, <laughs> you know, sprawling noise from the cartoons. I need one of those anyway. Why I don't have one is ridiculous. A boner? Right now? Oh, no. that's I, I've got that. Oh, I cool. meant the sprawling noise. <laughs> I was going to say, how do you podcast without that? Uh, I, I mean, it's never come up. I, the issue, I mean, uh, I I have always said that I do this pantsless, and I stand by that. Mm. Well, sit. So, Umahara wakes uh, wakes up when the phone goes off uh, on his kitchen table, which is from a weirdo saying, "You're in big trouble." And I got to say, this was the moment I really related to this movie because rarely a day goes by, Richard, that a stranger doesn't call me and just says, 
you're in big trouble. <laughs> you get those every day. Well, that's why I have so many erections. Um, <laughs> Still don't know what they're about. That's all right. And uh, but then he's like, meet, meet me at your special place. And I'll let you see no go again. <laughs> like the Hardy's parking lot? Yeah, right. And so Umahara hangs up and is like, well, that is odd. And then turns around and Tomie has gotten all dressed up in Naoko's dress, which, again, Umahara had because he's a weirdo. Mm. And he demands that she, you know, take the dress off. And then uh, she says, look, Naoko's not really dead and I have to see her. And... Then Umahara leads her to his special place, which is the warehouse that he had the dream about with Naoko, like the place where she died. And when they get there, inside is seated what looks to be another girl in a exactly the same dress. And then as they approach it, it turns out that it's just a mannequin. And then out comes crazy under the bridge guy. And he's like, uh, hey, I've killed your girlfriend, Naoko, so many times. He's like, I've stabbed her. I hung her. I, you know, I, I've, I've murdered her with my bare hands. I've shot her, everything. And he was like, I was the scientist who injected Tomie blood into these normal babies which created these kind of subtomies. And that he also reveals that it was Umahara himself, because he says, like, I've been watching all my Tomie children, as well as the people involved with them for a long, long time, and you were the one who killed Naoko. And you've dun, just dun, blocked dun. it. Uh-huh. Dun, dun, dun! Oh. <laughs> was that overcommitting? Um, not for the sheer amount of mystery. Okay. It was, it, I think it was all a real six sense moment for, for everyone who saw it. <laughs> He's what? Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> he killed her. Uh, yeah, of course he did. So, but he had been all tomiate by her, which in, you know, they don't, they don't come out and say as much. But that makes sense of like, well, that's why he's resistant to the other Tomies, because he's still pining for the real Tomie. And uh, anyway, so the bridge guy kicks over a couple of barrels that have gas in them, which, you know, goes over uh, the floor and splashes against Tomie number one and Umahara's feet. And then he says, Tomie, you can come out now. And then uh, Tobie number one uh, just stells, uh, stabs the bridge guy and murders him. And then tells Umahara to stand back. And then you see, like, totally half her face at this point. It's just all gross and rotted. And then she sets herself on fire. Which is, uh, you know, kind of sad. Yeah. Good, goodbye, lizard Tomie. Bye, Tomie. Um, and then Umahara has his flashback of killing Tomie Prime. 
And so then we see him eating what I presume to be bone. Yes. From the fire that just killed this Tomie. Holy shit. <laughs> and as it doesn't really happen, but it ought to, as the electric guitars wail, he just starts like writhing around and getting like all moany and whatnot. And out comes a brand new Tomie right from his gut. Wow. I love it. Oh, it's so good. And then as he's dying, she gives him a kiss and says, together forever. (laughs) And then then my last note is, that's so Tomie. Oh, man. She never disappoints. So uh, you had not seen Tomie versus Tomie prior to us, us doing the show. Not, you know, tonight. But right. like you hadn't seen it before we started doing this as kind of a, a series. Right. I had not. And I love this one, man. Um, even with uh, where it gets a little draggy with the, the we need to do all the reveals at the end here. It got a little talky there. Didn't help. I couldn't understand what was going on uh, more, you know, as far as the subtitles go. Uh, which I do have a few examples of the subtitles, which I'll perform for you. Please do. And then uh, <clears throat> I, I love the the old thing uh, that two Tomies will hate each other, and this one where two Tomies cannot even exist at the same time without uh, destroying each other, well, just rotting away. Um, I love the mannequin factory, even though I. I kind of agree with you that it wasn't used nearly enough, but I love that atmosphere that it brought. Uh, the aforementioned piece of music is really good. They kept dropping in there. I loved it. Um, yeah, this is this is a win. I'm hoping that this will get a proper release the way all the other uh, Tomies, except for the next film, uh, they've, they've all had a, a, like a place on home video for the English-speaking market. Uh Man, I just want to complete my collection, you know? Yeah, the, the only place I've been able to find this is, uh, and, and this isn't in a physical form, unfortunately, but I ended up buying it on iTunes. But I will say that the subtitles were great, um, or at least not noticeably bad at any point, and certainly not what you experienced. So I would say it's worth the, the you know, three or four bucks or whatever, to rent it on iTunes just to get the experience of like, Oh, that's what they were saying. You know, <laughs> like, that, like, like I said, none of this is Shakespeare, but as I was going through the synopsis of the movie, I kept thinking like, Oh yeah, there's all these kinds of reveals and the way that Tomie addresses Umahara is very significant. And you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You totally ought to do that for yourself. Mm, um will do because i'm not gonna do it for you but all right no. tell me i know i'm a i'm a real cruel bastard that way tell all right tell me about these subtitles what we got okay i got a few samples here <clears throat> the plum is original one tree sir oh god i don't even know what scene that would have been in um i got another one here um i know very much that you guard the business of sun still oh my god Okay. Uh, you're returning a knot bottom is false. <laughs> a knot bottom? Yeah. Like K N O T? Yeah, a knot bottom. 
Okay, uh, here comes here's here's my right. favorite. This is the last one. <clears throat> Let me get into character. Live to descend forever. That Chemiset replication. <laughs> wow, that's awful. Yep. And I had some real zingers in there, dude. <laughs> I am, I am so sorry. Uh, it was great. <laughs> all your Tomies are belong to us. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, we, <laughs> Jeffrey and I just did uh, an episode on uh, a little film called uh, Demons uh, Five. I think it was. Uh, That's got to have Lam- more than one title. It can't just Le- be yeah. Demons Five. Le- Lamberto Bava, aka Lambava, remaking his father's film uh, Black Sunday, and uh, it had some of the greatest subtitles. This is a film from 1989. And one of the lines in my subtitles was, that's enough blogging. I was like, what? (laughs) And then the best one was, my socks seem like a chastity belt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, so I'm like the king of crap subtitles. Uh, Well, but, you know, it's... Like, I had a fine time with uh, my copy of Tomie versus Tomie. But going down the road of the Asian horror film, much like the Italian film, not everybody takes the same care. Um, no, sir. <laughs> so this was pretty good. And then uh, um, Unlimited is, you know, that was popular enough to get a, a, like an a, honest to goodness Blu-ray. Uh, which, God. I mean, should it have? Should, like... <laughs> the the overriding question with the the second film this evening is huh um and also <laughs> should it um but we'll get into that uh i'll tell you what uh, let's uh do a quick promotion here for other shows uh right here on legionpodcasts.com and we will be right back to talk about Tomie Unlimited This is a distress call from across time and space. I am Babs the automated biological support system for the humanoid known as the Witch. Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock is the weekly chronicle of his fight for survival and entertainment on the junk heap of the future. Episodes are transmitted in 15-minute pulses across the dimensional divide weekly for your listening pleasure. As you will learn, the future is not set in stone, and a flux capacitor is a girl's best friend. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and on your Android device. Come join the rest of the Meat Popsicles in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash witch vs the doomsday clock. The replicant known as witch can be found on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr and Instagram by searching for T-H-E-W-Y-C-H. The Witch vs the Doomsday Clock is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Now in the words of Lord Humongous. Just walk away, and there will be an end to the horror. Welcome back, folks. And uh, on the back end of this episode, we will be talking about Tomie Unlimited. Uh, a couple of fun facts about the movie. 
this is directed by Noboru Iguchi, uh, who I am a dear, dear fan of, and also Facebook friends with Richard. What? Yeah, I am. I, I, I just, I, I requested. He said yes. We've never communicated, but he's a Facebook friend. So when I post, very cool. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Uh, He is the director of such films as Machine Girl, Robogeisha, and Dead Sushi. Uh, (laughs) Effects on the film were done by Yoshihiro Nishimura, uh, who was the director of Tokyo Gore Police and Mutant Girl Squad, among other films. Uh, Vampire Girl versus Frankenstein Girl is him as well. Uh, I think Hell Driver, maybe. Um, Ooh, have you seen Hell Driver? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have it. I have not watched it yet. Uh, It is not my favorite of the, the Splatter films, but... You know, that's like saying uh, it's not my favorite cheesecake, and yet I will gorge upon it. Mm. Um, yeah, I like all the movies I just named, I, I kind of love. All uh, right. I'm, I'm a fan of Japanese splatter films. I think they're real silly. And I think even <laughs> this movie is as much a comedy as anything. Um, and and certainly when you get into, like, Tokyo Gore Police and Robo Geisha, that those are... Or uh, zombie ass tits of the dead, uh, oh, which is another one. I can't remember which one of the two did it, but the, like they are honest to goodness, uh, like good friends and work on each other's films and stuff, and that's why they all kind of have the same aesthetic. Uh, although this is m- far, far more toned down than a Tokyo Gore Police or something like that. Um. So we have uh, a new Tomie this time around, played by Miyu Nakamura. Uh, the lead actress in the film who plays Sukiko. Uh, Sukiko. Um, I, I like that abbreviation a lot. But uh, it's so cute. I know Sukiko. Uh, but uh, that is, she is played by Moi Arai, and notably Yoshie, who uh, will you'll. <laughs> learn who Yoshie is here in a minute. She is played by Ika Ota, who is from the pop band, AKB 48 was in that band. And that's why when they roll credits on Tomie unlimited, you see AKB 48 by her name in parentheses. Uh, it's like, Oh, Hey, it's her from this band. And that is so pathetic. I love it. I know. But dude, ah, J- Japan is so good at that stuff. Let me let me catch ah. you up on Aika Oda cuz she is no longer in AKB48. Okay. Um she is currently in HKT48 and she is captain of team either K4 or KIV. I'm not sure how that goes. Hmm. So, uh she is uh she is still around and and performing pop music. Um, so yeah, so this is the very last of, uh, the Tomie films currently, uh, produced, uh, to the best of my knowledge, listeners, if you're sitting on, you know, Tomie 10, don't fuck around, send that in. Uh, yeah. Why are you holding out on us, bruh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, what, uh, what the hell? Um, <laughs> so, uh, we open on, uh, Sakiko. Sakiko. Uh, and she is taking, uh, pictures. She's a, a, a young high school girl. Um, and her sister, uh, is named Tomie, a name that may be familiar to listeners of this program. Hmm. hmm. 
And Tomie is chatting up uh, Skiko's would-be boyfriend. Uh, and she's taking some pictures of, of her and then calls Tomie over. And Tomie seems like a relatively normal girl, but who knows? We don't know what the hell's going on on the front end of this. Um, I, you might have theories. I'm just like, I, maybe she was a normal girl and got infected by Tomie shit or something. Who knows? Or just like <laughs> a Tomie came calling. Who, it, like, it seems like she grew up and was a normal child to a point. Um, but anyway, so Skiko is, um, taking some shots of Tomie as she walks toward her and, and gets her to, uh, kind of put her back to a construction site so she can take, you know, frame her in that environment. And as she does, so, uh, this big, like rebar cross, um, starts tumbling and, uh, Tomie, um, uh, okay. Before this happens though, it's, it's important to note Tomie does give her some Tomie shit about being jealous of her and, uh, Toshio. Who is oh, the, yeah. the guy? So, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm still not 100% clear on like w- what the Tomie status of this girl is at this point. But she gets impaled by fucking rebar. Man. Like through the neck. And <sighs> then guitar music kicks in. <laughs> this is, this is such a fine, fine beginning to the film. Cause you've got this idyllic high school drama beginning with like even a, a little tinge of Hausu kind of a music and then it just explodes into gore and the heavy metal like oh it's so good yeah i mean like this tomie like in other movies like maybe you see a little blood in the corner of their mouths or something for the most yeah. part like there's some gory shit here and there as the tomies regenerate but it's not crazy pants and this is like blood's shooting out of her neck, coming out of her mouth. She throws some up because it's a Gucci. <laughs> and, oh, shit. and so Skiko like screams and then the music kicks in harder. And it's just like, well, welcome to the Tomie party, Gucci. Mm-hmm. Nice to have you here. Um, so Skiko wakes up from a nightmare uh, after the credits. And her parents rush in and she's like, it's the same dream that I've always uh, been having. Uh, and and then we go downstairs to have the saddest birthday party in the history of birthday parties. Yes. Because the family is celebrating the death of Tomie via rebar and electric guitar solo. Um, <laughs> and it would have been her 18th birthday. And they get Skiko to like just start kicking her. Life just kicks this girl until she gives up. That's the whole point of this movie. Um, the, her parents are like, you blow out the candles, replacement daughter, for the one that we really liked. <laughs> because like after she does that, they just sit around the table like, you know, just imagine what she would have been in graduate school and getting married and this life that she would have had. And we're left with stupid Skiko. Ugh. Ugh. Over uh, it. Mm. I mean, you're still here. <laughs> the candles are blown out. Your job is done. <laughs> Blow. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, brother. 
So Skiko gets a call from uh, Yoshie, who's her friend from uh, AKB48. Um, and she says, like, hey, I've been talking to Toshio. You remember Toshio from a couple of minutes ago in the movie, right? And Skiko's like, yeah, I totally do. And uh, she's like, Toshio wants you to take some pictures. And it's been a year since Tomie died. Like, you need to start getting out there and living again. So at least there is a character in this film that seems to think Skiko is okay. Um, which is nice to see because nobody else does. And so during this phone call, the doorbell rings. And we have this real horror movie moment as Skiko just goes to the door to answer it on an early morning or something. Like, I don't mm. know. Like, it doesn't seem the right place for this to be as ominous as it is. But it's like she creeps to, to the door is like, who is it? And it's on the other side. It's, you know, <laughs> spoilers. Uh, Tomie saying, you know, it's me. It's me. Let me in. And finally, uh, Skiko calls her father and uh, he finally opens the door. And sure enough, there's Tomie. And um, <laughs> before he opens the door, though, and I wonder, speaking of subtitles, I wonder who the genius was. Uh, and I don't say genius sarcastically. <laughs> who had the father say, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to... When I open this door, I'm going to give whoever is behind it what for. Oh, man. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's a uh, good translation. I don't know what the Japanese equivalent of that, but it ain't. I'm going to give them what for. I'm going to give them such a thrashing. Right. You know, I will show them dishonor. I uh, love this part so much. It's so creepy. Her coming back on her birthday, like... Just her, her coming back as this like hungry ghost, like, like that, uh, very traditional kind of a scare here. I mean, obviously it's, we're in, uh, you know, demon, love demon territory here, but it's, this is such a good traditional scare. I love it. Yeah. It, it like they throw up the door and sure enough, there's like, you know, monkey's paw Tomie. <laughs> and, like her folks immediately are just like, Oh my God, it's you. And then they embrace her. But Skiko is like, I don't know about this. I mean, she was dead, right? Like, can we, can we agree on that fact that she died? And it's a year later now. And, but Tomie, like you said, the starving ghost, she's just like, I'm so hungry. Oh, that's so good. And they, so they take her in. They're like, Hey, here's your birthday cake. But she's a real fucking Tomie about this. Mm. She's like, it's too sweet. I want caviar or foie gras and That's just start. So Tomie. Oh man, this is so Tomie. <laughs> um, Perfect. And then our and th so there's a picture of her from the day of the accident that Skiko has taken and sitting on the table. And she's like, What is this? And they're like, That's the picture that Skiko took the day you you know that you left us. And she just punches it. And S and and kind of cut, but it's like, man, this is this is a Tomie ass Tomie on our hands here. Um, and then <laughs> we have some bath time. All right, like it's been a while since we had some lesbian shenanigans in the Tomie films. Been too long, my friend. Been too long. So Skiko brings uh, Tomie some clothes while she's in the bath. Which, by the way, they have a big-ass bath, or these are tiny Mothra-sized girls, one or the other. <laughs> Mazuda! Yeah! 
Oh, oh man. When we after we record, I'm gonna watch Mothra. Um, oh, maybe it's so good. I'll, actually, I'll watch Destroy All Monsters. Who am I kidding? Uh, there you go. Yeah, it's it, it's got everybody. Um, also, quick another Mothra diversion. Uh, did I ever send you that picture? It was it was just a screen grab from uh. I, I think it was from Destroy All Monsters, where it's a general saying, this may sound unorthodox and unscientific, but if we have those girls call Mothra with their song, we might just save the day. And it's such a wonderful line. <laughs> no, that's great. I'll, I'll, I'll find it and, and, and send that over to you. I, uh, I don't remember where I, I, I've got that picture tucked away somewhere because it, it was just too good. Uh, anyway. Enough Mothra stuff. We'll get to it. We'll get to it on this show, as a matter of fact. I've, I've been thinking about it. We're going to do some kaiju uh, before too awful long. Cause the, yeah, much, boy. Much like the Hammer films, you you show me a good kaiju movie and I'm I'm fine. Hell, uh, show me a bad one. I don't care. Right. Oh, man. Uh, Frankenstein. <laughs> or no. Uh, yeah, Frankenstein destroys the world. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, my, just double it up with that and War of the Gargantuas. We'll do it. I'm not afraid of that. Uh, so anyway, so Skiko is, is bringing Tomie, uh, some, some clothes while she's in the bath and, and Tomie catches Skiko, uh, peeking in at her and, uh, Skiko is like, man, or she's looking at her because she's trying to see the scars. She's trying to see her neck. And then Tomie is like, Skiko, you want to join me in the bath? That I'm sorry. That's terrible. I will, I'll stop doing that voice. And then, um, then she's like, you know, that that's creepy, right? Is it because I was dead once? And like just being Tomie as hell about all of this. It is oh, yeah. wonderful. And all right. One thing that Noboru Iguchi cannot be called is a subtle director. <laughs> and so <laughs> Oh my god, no. And so when we next see Tomie, she is at breakfast eating her caviar and her dad is literally chewing on her hair and just rubbing it all over his face. Oh, 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 in my mouth. It is the most ridiculous hair fucking. I love it. Love it. And so uh, Skiko sees this and is like, what is happening here? And then just leaves and goes to find her mother, who is burning all the family pictures, especially those of Tomie. And Tomie, uh, or and the mother says like, well, Tomie says we don't need these anymore because she's back. And then... Uh, Tomie shows up and is like, no, you know, Skiko is like, I'm, I, I want to save these pictures. And Tomie is like, we can just make new memories. And so they start fighting over one of the pictures that Skiko is trying to save. And Tomie like lets go or something and just slams back into uh, like a wall into sort of this trellis. And so the father rushes over and just immediately give Skiko one across the chops just for beginsies. Like, oh, smack. Here we go. And then, oh, man, let's get into some dog tooth shit here. So, 
then uh, Tomie is like, well, she needs to be disciplined for this. And so they go into the house and, you know, uh, the father's like, well, wh- what do you want me to do? And Tomie cuts an electrical cord off like you know the, the at the base of a lamp or something so that it's you know plug to end of cord and then just wraps the cord around her hand and smacks her father with it and oh, naturally he yeah he's like ow and she's like right now take this and you beat the shit out of your daughter like a good father and and sure enough he does and even and, and has the mother hold her down it is awful. Yeah, it's brutal, man. I mean, yeah, and it like it, it's not like you're seeing rent flesh or anything, but it is a father whipping his child, a young girl with an electrical cord as the mother holds her down. Yeah, mama. Uh, <laughs> so, but Skiko just finally passes out, and Tommy a you know, stops it. And then is like untying her and is like, so you've learned something now. Are you good? And sends her to a bath. And this time, Tommy, does slip into the bath with her. Oh, we get our bath after all. Mm-hmm. And Skiko is saying like, you know, when Tommy died, she was suddenly important because she was all that anyone had left of Tommy. And now that Tomie is back, she doesn't understand what her place is in anything anymore. And Tomie is like, that is the nicest thing you've ever said to me. And because, again, self-esteem the movie. And then we get a Tomie kiss. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. And then Tomie is like, my scars are going to get worse soon. And Toshi is going to fall for you. And she looks down and now she does see a scar on Tomie's shoulder. And then a tongue comes out of it. <laughs> and then it's this puppet face tumor. <laughs> yeah, whipping a tongue around on her neck. Oh, and man. and like Tomie is is kind of coming at her with the the growth on her neck. And Skiko kind of gives the tumor a Three Stooges poke in the eye. (laughs) Yeah, just (laughs) bloink. And then uh, she runs off. And she she tells her parents, like, that's not my sister. That's a monster. And then gets a couple more smacks for saying this. And then Tomie strolls through and she's like, you know what? I'm just going to leave. And they're like, no, you can't leave. And Tomie, being a real Tomie, because she's amazing in this movie, um, grabs some money out of her mom's purse and like out of her dad's wallet. And is like, I'm taking this money. I'm getting out of here. And her father, trying to get her to stay, is going all Tomie crazy. Because, again, he was all mouthing her hair earlier. And he he ends up stabbing her to death. Oh, rather, yeah. rather than have her leave. So then we have a real family moment where the entire family gathers around to cut up Tomie in the bathtub. Yay. 
Yeah, well, Skiko's not so much involved. She's more moral support than anything. But, uh, in fairness, she's been through a lot. Um, and the, but she does see Tomie, Tomie, uh, Tomie's, not yet. Mm. Tomie's eyes open up. And then mom just goes to work on the head and, and make sure that that ain't a problem anymore. Um, and I got to tell you, my one takeaway from this scene was that I, I really wish my family had done more things together when I was a kid. I felt like we missed a lot of opportunities. And I don't, I don't just mean cutting up bodies. It's just a regret. Well, you know, the Norman Rockwell painting of uh, the family just cutting up their, their Tomie. As rosy-cheeked youngsters Beautiful. Saw, saw through cartilage. Uh, Soon to be on a U.S. postage stamp. Uh, it is beautiful. Um, the next day, Skiko uh, has to get rolling because she has to take pictures for Toshio. And her mother is like, look, act normal. Don't fuck this up for me, Skiko. You're awful <laughs> and I hate you. So just try to be cool for once in your life. And <laughs> Skiko's like, okay, I'm going to be cool. And she's like, uh-huh. And then mom grabs like her lunch and we see that there's a roach that kind of falls into the rice that she's packing into uh, her lunch tray. And it was a, wasn't it a chunk of Tomie? Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, but it was kind of crawly. Was it not? Oh, it was. Yeah. But it looks like a roach. I'm sorry. Mm. I kept thinking, it, eh, never mind. Uh, but you're <laughs> right. No, it, it absolutely is a piece of Tomie meat that Delicious. has, that has crawled into her rice. Um, so the next, uh, or not the next day, but later in the day when she's at, at school, she's hanging out with Yoshie and Yoshie is like, you look tired. And, uh, but she's like, are you nervous about taking these pictures with Toshio? And as they're kind of chit chatting, the teacher introduces a new classmate who is of course, T- Tomie. Yeah. And Yoshi, uh, like later after like Tomie strolls in and gives everybody the eye, especially Skiko, um, later Yoshi and Skiko are, are about to have lunch and Yoshi is saying like, I don't see the resemblance. Like you keep saying it looks like your sister and, and in her defense, Skiko is rightly like, not only does she look just like her, it's the same goddamn name. And Yoshi is like, I'm sorry, I don't see it. And which is a little thick on Yoshi's part, but um, <laughs> she ain't the brightest. Nope, nope, nope. So uh, Yoshi says, look, I'm going to make you some tea. And uh, Skiko opens up her lunch and there in her rice are a bunch of little Tomie faces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so adorable. <laughs> and their eyes kind of whip around and stuff. It's. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Yoshihiro Nishimura, behind the wheel of that particular effect, I have no doubt. Um, so, yeah, it's this crazy, you know, what, like five or six of them all packed in there? Just Anyway, so uh, Skiko, like, takes off as soon as she sees this, and she throws her lunch into a garbage room, question mark? There are a lot of garbage bags and it doesn't seem to be used for anything else. Um, But she's trying to tell herself, like, I'm hallucinating. That was some kind of delusion. But Yoshie, concerned for her friend, follows after her. 
and she hears whispers coming from the trash room where Skiko has just tossed her lunch. Not, you know, but (laughs) like actually thrown away her lunch. Um, (laughs) So uh, there are some trash bags moving around. And Yoshie does horror movie stuff here and goes to check it out because who doesn't want to see a rat over lunch? I mean, totally. best case, it's a rat. <laughs> so <laughs> worst case, as it turns out, is that it's a tray full of Tomie heads that are as soon as Yoshie sees them, she screams and then they whip their tongues out, which forms this kind of tongue root thing. That goes into Yoshie's mouth. Oh, here we go. And so Yoshie is now choked to death by rice demon tongues. This is looking mysteriously like hentai to me in this scene. Uh, there are a couple of moments like that. Um, but yeah, for sure. It is very... Like there's tongues whipping against her cheek as the rest of them are choking her. Yeah. It's... I still kind of love it. Tomi Entai? So, yeah, Hintomi. Oh. <laughs> um, I like it. All right, all right. We'll workshop it. We'll take it. Well, uh, by the end of this, we're going to have a solid five uh, on Tomi. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, after uh, Yoshie gets dick choked <laughs> by rice demons. In the trash room. <laughs> Why wasn't that on the poster? <laughs> Which is a sentence. Dick choked by rice demons. That's that's a sentence that is true in this movie, and that's why I love it. <laughs> um, because when I can say things like that and it's real, it makes me feel less crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that that makes you feel less crazy is crazy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's a... Uh, you don't want to be in this head, Richard. Um, anyway, <laughs> so, so <laughs> Skiko goes back uh, to class and notices that Yoshie is missing, but Tomie is there and she's all smiles. But while she's in class back at home, dad's all tuckered out and he's hearing a voice from the trash can and a Tomie head rises up out of the trash can and is like, hey, I'm the real Tomie. There are probably going to be some fakes. And uh, it's worth pointing out, she's just a head in a spinal column. And that's ah. awesome. That's like that, um, what is that thing from the uh, the Indonesian movies? Uh, is it a Lemiak? Uh, I know what you're talking about, and I don't know what the name of it is either. Hold on. I'm, I'm using my, my loud keyboard. Oh, I want to say it was like in, uh, what is that? The, uh, ah, All queen right. of the queen of black magic. Uh, here, I will see your lab keyboard and meet it with my own. Um, Oh, I like our keyboard sounds. Uh huh. It sounds like we're hackers. No, <laughs> hack the planet. Uh-huh. Mystics in Bali. That's the film I'm thinking okay. of. Okay, all right, all right. It, it is a Leak. Uh, it's it's not Lemiak. I added it. It's L E A K. Uh, there is also another one that is called the Penangalan. Ooh. 
that is uh appears to be a bit more malaysian in nature so uh at any rate uh and it is very much a hold on let me let me send you the this image which i think is probably drawn by uh an infant uh can i paste it in i can okay there it is that is the penangalan um at any rate uh oh i love it yeah yep yeah um so so the tomie head before uh she lets dad off the hook she's like look first things first and then they kind of look askance at mom working out uh, outside, folding some clothes and whatnot. So she's probably in trouble. But back at school, Skiko finally meets with Toshio to take some pictures. And uh, it's it's like their judo club, uh, which is pretty fun. Yeah. And Toshio uh, asks if, like, if Skiko misses Tomie which is a real complicated question for her to answer at this point. And Toshio is like, you know, both of us have, have suffered. And so then we see that like school Tomie, not at home Tomie, um, has seen the two of them together. And so inside the karate studio later, the judo studio, whatever, uh, Skiko is, you know, taking the shots and Tomie, Tomie shows up and is kind of making eyes at Toshio. And of course all the boys come running to her. And she's like, I want to join your judo club. And the coach is like, uh, alright, well, I guess if you can... Like, she challenges one of them. And and so they go out to the floor. And this dude tries to, like, flip her over his shoulder. And she doesn't budge because she's got, you know, Tomie strength uh, and whatnot. And so she just ends up manhandling him. And then after he loses, the coach is like, Toshio, get in there. And uh, so he like tussles with her and she ends up flipping over on top of him, kind of pinning him down and then kisses him. And after she leaves, Skiko runs after her and is like, why do you look like my sister? And do you like do you have any scars on your shoulder or anything? She's like, I I totally don't have any scars on my shoulder. And Skiko says, Well, you need to stay away from Toshio. And she's like, I don't. He's a greasy young guy. I don't care about him. And then you see her with kind of an older dude, you know, and like a suit and tie and whatnot. And she goes <laughs> off with him. So when Skiko goes home, uh. Here's a bad sign. All the lights in the house are off. And Dad's banging his head against the wall with a paper bag in his hand. And Skiko is like, hey, where's Mom? Because you look like you've gone crazy. And he he says, like, uh, she went out. And uh, Skiko says, well, what did you do with the, the, the body of Tomie? And he's like, ah, I took it in the mountains. It's fine. And so she goes off. And then we see him in, you know his his study or whatever later and he's feeding uh or maybe i guess it's their bedroom uh because the the mom's in the closet spoilers mom's in the closet um he's feeding caviar to the tomie head 
Yes. And she's like, this is cheap crap. I want real caviar. Oh, man. It's so weird. All this stuff, it's like really claustrophobic and just uh, just good, good Tomie goodness here. Yeah, I mean, like, people are going crazy. We've got multiple Tomies at work now. And we're uh, on the verge of multiple, multiple Tomies. And, yeah, it's, it like, I think that... And, and the movie trucks along, too. So... We are uh, we are pretty much at the what two thirds point. Totally, yeah. At this point in the film, I mean, there's a bunch of shit that happens, but man. Anyway, so um, after uh, Dad feeds her the caviar, Tomie is like, "I need a body. Go, go take care of this body situation." And so Dad goes to the closet where Skiko's mom is and slices her head up. Uh, and off while Tomie just kind of chuckles watching the whole thing unfold because that's so Tomie. I'm surprised she didn't want like a, a younger body. Like bring me a supermodel. Yeah. I mean, well, and she complains about it later. So, you yes. know, Oh, so good. Anyway. All right. So back at school though, Skiko uh, now sees Tomie number two. And she is cuckoo. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, I, man, there's part of me that thinks like I would love to have a cuckoo clock, and another part of me that was like I would I would murder someone if I had a cuckoo clock. <laughs> we have like three. That's yeah, good. I like that, but you got to commit at that point if you're going to be a cuckoo clock person. Just be a cuckoo clock person. It keeps our madness fresh. Yeah, I I really do like it. My grandmother had one, and there were so many times. I, I wish I still had that. Um, at any rate, cuckoo clock's great. So, Tommy, uh, number two, uh, is meeting up with Toshio, and Skiko sees all this unfold. And so, she gets kind of pissed off and goes to develop pictures from her, the judo club, uh, you know, shoot. Uh, she's an amateur. It's not really a shoot. She took some pictures. Um, but then when she develops a picture of Tomie, there's like a deformity in the picture on her shoulder where the scar would be. And then Yoshi shows up in the dark room, which can't be good because the last time we saw her, see above, re dick fucked by rice demons. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> and, uh, Yoshie, because we haven't had enough lesbian stuff going on, is like, you know what? You don't need uh, Toshio. Um, you know, like I'm, I'm the person who've all, who's always wanted you, and you don't need a man. And it is like starting to come on to her. And this is the where I noted, like, man, the music's not great in this scene. I thought it was mm. real. It was real rude. Like, for a scene that should have been cooler. Like, yeah. throw in some more guitar in this scene. We're about to see some awesome shit. And I definitely don't remember any of the music beyond the beginning. So, yeah, most of the music's pretty blah. Yeah. Um. So, Skiko finally pushes her away. Um. After we realize that, like, she is Tomie infected. And so, Skiko like stumbles into the judo club and asks where Toshio is. And they're like, he's in the art room with Tomie. And also they're looking a little wigged out. 
So we've all, we've definitely got Tomie crazy judo guys on our hands. And then when she, when uh, Skiko takes off to go find Toshio, Yoshie comes into the, the judo club room or not where they're practicing judo, but which is where all the judo club is. And uh, they're like, Oh my God, are you Tomie? Because this growth on her neck is now like, I'm Tomie. And she's like, no, I'm a person. And they're like, Tomie, what do you want us to do? And the Tomie growth is like, you need to remove the tumor. Meaning, uh, meaning Yoshie, uh, that we have to cut off her head so that this tumor can grow in its place. (laughs) Mm. Mm -mm. Um, So good. I know, I know. And all right, so while that's going on, Skiko finally gets to the art room where she hears somebody laughing inside. And so when she opens the door, Toshio is now stabbing Tomie over and over and over again, laughing his balls off. And uh, then he says, you know, we were just talking and I heard a voice say, I need to make Tomie Tomie mine and no one else can have her. And I kind of had to kill her. And Skiko like tries to pull him off, and then we see a new, kind of new, like from the pool of blood around Tomie's body, a Tomie head forms, but it's like a Tomie head and some arms, but a lot of flowing digital blood body stuff, <laughs> which is not a great effect, but it's still kind of cool. And um, so. When this rises up and kind of congeals into this new Tomie, she's like, I want to be back in my pretty form and starts kissing Toshio, who is into it. And so then we cut from that, which is awesome, back to the judo club and who are who are have a pair of shears. And while the t- the tumor keeps yelling, like, cut her head off, get rid of it. Um one of the kids has a pair of like garden shears at Yoshie's neck, but he can't cut her head off because he can't watch it. So he's got to close his eyes to do it, Hmm. (laughs) which he then does. And so they cut off the head of like Yoshie's head. And then the guys all go to this big sink to kind of clean the blood off of them. And then when they turn around, the Yoshie body body is getting up in this like mutant head like it's flat against the neck kind of but there's a tongue whipping around (laughs) that's on the stump where yoshi's head was and that the stump is going i love you i love you all so much (laughs) oh it's so fucking weird it's wonderful brilliant and then all right and so then the body just starts whipping its arms all around and runs out of the room and the the guys, the judo club, are all like, Tomie! And run after her. <laughs> it's madness. <laughs> it's like... I mean... Oh, man. Yeah, drop in your... Uh, what is it? The yakety sax? Absolutely. <laughs> all, right, all right. So then after uh, Yoshie slash Tomie... Yoshie... Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, but she takes off in the judo clubs after her. And then we cut back to the art room where Skiko is just still sitting there watching Tomie and Toshio make out. And Toshio says, like, Tomie shows the way. And then Skiko kills Toshio. Man. Yeah. I, I wrote in my notes, fuck yeah, this is awesome. Uh-huh. Like, there should have been... There is not enough electric guitar in this movie for the goings-on of this movie, I think. But Yeah, we need some, we need some stingers. Or just, like, at this point, just start the... Dum, 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 like, just... Oh, yeah. The whole third act of this movie should be, you know, a a, a Metallica solo, or uh, the uh, the rap song at the end of uh, Ponyo, the English version. All right, I'm good with that as well. It's more uplifting, <laughs> I grant you, but I think it works. Uh, speaking <laughs> of songs, we'll get to one at the end of this one. Uh, yeah. All right, so uh, Skiko j- murders Toshio. And then she stabs the Tomie that's coming back to life. That it, and that Tomie explodes into a pool of blood because oh. Noboru Iguchi. And oh, yeah. <laughs> just everything's got to be covered. And then behind her, Headless Yoshie runs in and starts chasing her through the fucking school. <laughs> and she finally ditches the Yoshie mutant Tomie head body when it kind of bangs into a wall and then she cuts upstairs where she finds pretty much the entire judo club all dead, except for a couple still in the process of murdering each other to keep the other person away from mutant Tomie head. Oh, it's just so good. And yeah, I can't get over this. It's so (laughs) wonderful. And, um, Anyway, all right, so then she goes into a room, and now there's a bucket with another Tomie head inside that, like, reaches out of it, and there are, like, little heads drooped off of that. So it's kind of hard to describe this thing. It's like a puppet made of hair and a head, but off of these hair-like appendages hang other smaller heads. Is that... Something. That's accurate. I mean, <laughs> it's like, okay, if when Daffy Duck gets turned into kind of the the green and purple plant thing in the Bugs Bunny cartoon, and it's kind of like that if it were hair instead of a goofy, weird alien duck body. And at any rate, you kind of need to see it. Uh, for a number Absolutely. of reasons. Yeah, this is this is a must see. <laughs> and um so the Tomie the this new Tomie monster is like I'm gonna grow and I'm gonna grow. And then now in comes a gooey Tomie from the art room and also uh the Yoshie Tomie monster, and they're all just kind of holding uh, Skiko in place. And just before Tomie, like the hair monster Tomie, kisses her, because she's like, "I want you to be part of this," and you know, I, I want, I'm going to be inside you. 
Uh, it's all real creepy. It's ugh. that like the body horror in this one is so ramped up. I think totally. Yeah, it's it's a little gross, but we love it. Mm-hmm. It's it's like uh, my cousin who could never eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich without getting it on his pants. Yeah, a little <laughs> gross, but he was a good guy. Um, so. <laughs> Tell me, uh, uh, Skika wakes up from a dream. It's it's kind of a parallel to the scene at the beginning of the movie where she wakes up, you know, out of the death of Tomie. And she leaves her room and and goes down to uh, her mother and father who are at breakfast waiting for her. And when she says she had a bad dream about her sister, her parents are like, you're an only child, retard. What are you talking about? And because <laughs> we still hate you, Skika. We still hate you. um but all the uh, like she looks around and all the pictures of are of her as an only child and then skiko is like yeah i guess that's right i guess i am an only child and then the mother is like she doesn't understand that tomie penetrated reality and then all of a sudden dad's eating hair again and there's a tomie headed mom like it just cuts to like, oh, no, 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 that's not what's really going on. Here's insanity. Yeah. And they're like, we want to introduce you to the real Tomie. So they throw open a door, and there's a giant, like, Haosu Tomie head. Yes. That is kind of gray-eyed and stuff. It's real. It, it looks really cool. Uh, except that it's obviously just, like, superimposed over the doorway. Um, but she's like, I want to absorb Skiko. And then a Tomie face centipede uh, erupts from it and eats the dad. And then <laughs> the Tomie headed mother starts chasing Skiko with a knife trying to stab her. And, but the Tomie pede uh, devours the mom too by going into her vajayjay. <laughs> Oh, brother. And then Toshio is there to tell her that he never had any feelings for her. And uh, and then Tomie, or I'm sorry, Skiko throws him down the stairs. And he's eaten by competing Tomie-Peds. Oh, man. And this if, all if, happens just bang, bang, bang. There needs to be more people falling down the stairs. <laughs> But it happens a couple of times to the point where it was like, well, is that the end of this movie? Or is she going to just keep pushing people down the stairs and feeding them (laughs) to these things? Yes. Um, Which would be fine. Uh, But so then Yoshio shows up. uh, Yoshie, rather. Not Yoshio. Yoshie shows up and she's like, guess what, Skiko? I was never your friend. Like, I was just pretending. You're terrible. And so she gets tossed down the stairs, too. And and this time she gets Day of the Dead pulled apart by the Tomy Apedes. Although not nearly as good an effect, but still, you know, she gets pulled apart right right at the gut level. Nice. Yeah. And uh then Skiko finally gets all the way upstairs and and tries to lock herself in a room, but then the door like she can't get it closed and it busts open and there's another big ass Tomio uh Tomie head in the doorway. And Skiko is like, you just want to see me suffer. And then Tomie reminds her quite naturally that nobody loves her and that she's not wanted. 
And then Skiko like pulls out her camera because that's, you know, a Tomie thing and takes some pictures and, and the head kind of fucks off. Um, so all of that happened in the space of, I don't know, eight minutes of this movie. Yeah. It's is, wild. It's so amazing. And then, um, so she's running through the house and they're like the Tomie peds like climbing all over the walls and stuff at this point. But we're also like that previous sequence was all this weird blue hue. And now we're kind of in color again. And I'm sure that means something about like which reality is which, but I kind of don't care. And it's not really that well spelled out. And it's a Gucci. <laughs> so, um, and I don't say that dismissively again, Facebook friend of mine, Noboru Gucci, director of Tomie Unlimited. Um, does he let does he let you call him the gooch? I can call him whatever I want. He's like he, he he's like call me senpai and I was like really that seems awfully familiar. <laughs> and he said no it it's, it fits. Um so anyway, uh, what the hell's going on in this baby now? What I'm wearing. Oh okay, yeah. So um uh Tomie find like we see Tomie in the big doorway again and skiko uh is surrounded like uh, there are the tomie peds all over the place and skiko is like who are you really and and tomie says well i'm your mother and father and toshio and yoshie i'm everything and i'm also literally the only thing you have left and all i want is for you to be one with me and better yet she says, I need you, Skiko, and I'm the last person that will ever need you. Oh, boy. That's the beginning of a great relationship. Uh-huh. And and she, you know, she also says, like, I'm not going to hurt you. You're special to me. And Skiko, because she has been, like, humiliated and, and beaten and abused and and made to suffer in this film. To the point where she's like, fine, whatever. I'm done. And, and, like, ultimately, it's like her, like, yes, I understand. Like, I need to be part of something. And uh, and then the Tomie Peds climb over her. And then uh, we cut to Richard. Uh, a, a poppy little ballad. As uh, who we assume to be Tomie takes off uh, out of the house and just starts strolling down the street. And we start seeing Tomie's like ones at a cafe and eating. And here's another one on the street. And here's a Tomie meeting a boyfriend. And then uh, she meets a guy on the street who seems to know her. And then there's a quick cut to him stabbing her over and over and over again. And it's swearing that he won't let another man have her. And then we see Richard. It's Kiko's face. Dun dun! And she looks into the mirror where she sees Tomie reflected back at her. And Tomie says, now men will want you more than anyone else. And then they both start laughing as Kiko continues to be stabbed. Nice. Very nice. 
And then I think the electric guitar does kick back into this movie as the qu- the credits roll. Too uh, late, my friend. Mm, the, I mean, honestly, my biggest complaint with this movie is, is the score, I think. and Because it, it, it teases such audaciousness uh, with the score, which would match the audaciousness of the film. Um, totally. I Look, I am an unabashed lover of... Of Tomie Unlimited, I like I like Aguchi, I like uh, Nishimura, um, I like these kinds of movies. The fact that it, that you have cross pollinated Japanese splatter with Tomie is sort of the perfect storm of stuff I like. Yeah, um, and I think this movie also manages to be this very kind of sad and somber story about a girl who after the death of her sister kind of disappears as a person. And that's a little highfalutin maybe. No, I, I, well, I think the, this ending has a lot of that. Like you can read it as, you know, this is just me being goofy, but like, uh, conforming to like a girl conforming to what, uh, men want in Japan. So, that's why she sees so many Tomies out in the streets because those are other women who have kind of like uh, conformed to the ideal of what a woman is supposed to be. And that's what she was supposed to do. But it gets complicated because, you know, it's also about her family not loving her as much. I don't know. Critical theory stuff yeah i mean you could make the argument too (laughs) that it's just the idea of assimilation in general being something that is not not just the gender role stuff but japanese culture is largely built on the idea of you know it's the the adage the uh from japan um the tallest nail gets the hammer that you don't want to draw attention to yourself your job is to fit in to conform to be part of society to be functional blah 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 Exactly. Uh, you know, you're not you're you're not supposed to stand out. And uh so yeah, I mean I there's something to all of this. It's not just fun. But <laughs> Richard, mm. it's so fun. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> uh and, and and so you hadn't seen this, much like no, Tomie versus Tomie. Yeah. And I know I'd been teasing this. I was like, man, that last movie, love it or hate it, it's totally different. Yeah. And and I, I I stand by that. I don't think there's a a, a another Tomie film that gets near the audacity is the the best word I have for it of of Unlimited. I mean, they're, those are all very subdued films in their own way, and Unlimited yeah. is just you know rebars through the neck and guitar riffs. And not all, it should be more of that, of the guitar riffs part of it, but there's still plenty of murder and mayhem and craziness and bugs and tentacles and all kinds of weird shit all through this movie. Yeah. You did not overhype this one. This is, this is a great movie. This is a lot of fun. Um, if God forbid, this is the last Tomie film. I'm okay with that. Like, because this is pushing it as far as it can go in the crazy factor. Um, I really feel that even though this keeps a lot of the tropes, like the, you know, Tommy, oh, that's so Tommy, a, and like the competing, 
uh, versions of Tomie and stuff like that, and uh, the the body horror and the loss of self is is all there. It's all there. But man, this is like the meth lab Tomie. Look, it's bonkers. Yeah, it. I I think it's fantastic. I I I think it fits well in the series, especially for. Being the last one, or if not the last one, maybe a turn to a different style of film. Uh, although it's been a few years, obviously, since this came out. And, you know, I mean, will we see another Tomie film? Eh, probably at some point. You know, I mean, it's it, w- there are nine of these things. At some yeah. point, somebody's going to do another one. Um, or maybe a reboot or whatever. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I think... <sighs> It, it, like in a perfect world, uh, I, like Tomie Unlimited would be the start of like Oguchi every now and now and again dipping into the Tomie world, or even Nishimura yeah. like just swapping roles. Like you do this one, and like let's do some of the weirder shit from from the you know Ito comics. Oh, totally, that'd yeah. be great. Uh, because like a, a lot of the films follow the manga but not eh, yeah i mean it it never gets as outlandish as ito stuff does and no i mean that's one of the things i was hoping for in this movie was one of the shots from the ito uh manga is uh someone looking out a window and there's hundreds of tomies just running down the street and i'm like i was kind of dying for that to happen in this film we we never get quite there, but I think all the Tomy APs are are very Edo. Oh yeah. Um, in fact, I'll tell you what that, that brings us to a question. We got a couple of questions for the the wrap up of our series, um, and uh, Derek Bourgeois uh, asks oh. us which director or directors did you think paid the most homage uh, to the original source oh. material, and I think that fits well into this conversation. You know, the original Tomie is very close to the, you know, first, the early Edo Tomie stories. Yeah. That said, there is something, like, I don't know that the tone is entirely right in Unlimited for the Edo manga. It's a <laughs> yeah, little, I, it's a little freewheeling for, a, a little silly as opposed to just nightmare fuel, which a lot of that Edo stuff is. <laughs> um, but uh, honestly, uh, I, I would say the original, this one comes awfully close. Mm. And I mean, Tomie, Tomie Rebirth, maybe? You know, I, I feel like the first four films each of them even another face they each have something that really speaks to what the what ito created to me like uh replay the tone of replay fits the manga so well um rebirth too with that like the, the really dark ironic cruelty kind of thing that comes back to haunt you later i feel like forbidden fruit is the least like an Edo? Yeah, it feels very like drama, more so yeah. than the other films. Like it, it, it's very much about 
the characters. It's it's not a bad movie at all. It's just much more character driven and it's about, like the least horror. It really know? is. Yeah. Like if you're looking for for the horror Tomie stuff, Forbidden Fruit is way more subdued and like it is the Downton Abbey of the Tomie franchise. The the one that's the most faithful adaptation is Tomie Revenge, I think. That's like that's like one of there's actual like uh, what do you call it frames from the comic that end up on the screen. It's just the least likable movie of all of them, <laughs> right? You know, it, it, like, it's just, just it, like beginning revenge. I think are the real down notes in this series. You know, the first one's kind of classic. You know, uh, in terms of just like this is this is Tomie. Um. I think another face is down the list, but better than you think, especially given the video quality. Yeah. And then replay and rebirth are both rocking. <sighs> totally. Both of those movies are, are absolutely a hundred percent stuff. You got to watch uh, for Ben fruit. Eh, I mean, it's a little like, like we said, it's a little drama. E. Um, but you know, then you come to Tomie v. Tomie and Unlimited, and I think both of these are fine entries into the series, like certainly top tier. And um, I don't know, you got any favorites? You got you got the ones that you're like you got to watch if you're going to watch any of the Tomie movies. Watch these because you could yeah. you could cherry pick a little bit. It's not it's not like there's a continuity running through these movies other than <laughs> Tomie herself. Right. I, I would recommend um, Tomie, Tomie Replay, Tomie Rebirth, just those three in a row. And if you're not hooked by them, then just forget it. Yeah. But you know, come back for another face and give it a shot. I, I definitely did not give it a chance <laughs> until you and I discussed it. The, I'm the only one. I mean, I like almost all of them i mean revenge is just ugh, it's, it's just frustrating uh but i think if you can hang with those first three the three uh theatrical films i think you'll pretty much get hooked on the tomie and of course read the manga oh man yeah uh, that hardcover that just came out i got that mm-hmm. and it's there's someone should do a an anthology i mean i have an idea for a tomie film i want to throw at you in a bit here but someone should do a like uh, an anthology series and just adapt every single one of his uh, stories from the manga. I think that would be a lot of fun. The the image that I so want to see captured on film, if it could be done, is uh, the when the like the concavity begins in someone's head, and it just goes inward and starts kind of just collapsing in on itself. So the face completely collapses in it and it's like a vortex sucking other shit into it. it yeah. It, I mean, like Ito, if you've never read Junji Ito, uh, oh, then do yourself a favor folks uh, and read this source material. Yeah. Like or read Uzumaki. Oh my God. Uzumaki's amazing. I think uh, uh, Gyo is is yeah. real weird and fun. <laughs> uh, have you seen the anime I based have not on Gyo? 
Dude, it's fucked up. I I, I hear that. I need to watch oh, it. Oh, boy, it's even weirder than... I don't know. I think it might just be seeing his imagery directly translated into, uh, you know, anime or cartoon form and then moving. It's just, oh, oh boy. Yeah, yeah. And Gyo is, like, the fish people are just disturbing images. Gas. Anyway. Oh, my God. Um, gas just emanating from every orifice. Yeah, it's it's something. So, yeah, I, you know, all of these movies kind of get a little bit right to to directly answer the question. I I do think if the tone were a little more serious for Unlimited, that would almost be perfect. Um, yeah, but eh, eh, didn't quite get there. It's a it's you know they're guitar solos. Um, and uh, Matthew uh, ha- has a bit of a, a pickle, has himself in a bit of a conundrum. Uh, in response to uh, the show coming out, he says, I've been waiting waiting so long. In fact, I got bored and went looking for some real Tomies. In hindsight, that was probably a bad idea. So do you have any quick suggestions on how to get rid of a Tomie before the shit hits the fan? Um, I mean, you gotta, you gotta go first strike with the Tomia. You just gotta burn her. Yeah. Or start, you know, with the hacksaw and then, uh, just take the garbage bags down to your local incinerator that every neighborhood has and just burn that shit. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna need, I mean, what you got to cross your fingers is that you're not dealing with another face Tomie because then you're going to burn her and the ash is just going to create an army of tomies so yeah. mm, it's I mean, fine eh, whatever i mean there were ways to go I guess. you're darned if you do and you're danged if you don't damn it oh boy you said a mouthful there brother um so uh richard that kind of kind of brings us to the end of our journey other than the movie uh oh you you pitched the movie the anthology i think that's a good idea Oh my god, I got one more. I got one more bonus pitch. All right, let's hear it. Okay. The American remake of Tomie should go like this. Average high school in, you know, white bread boring ass America, which is all of America, and a Japanese transfer student named Tomie starts and all hell breaks loose. Excuse me, all heck breaks loose. Yeah, in said American high school with one girl in particular that Tomie latches onto. And so you'd have all the, uh, like, like your Feruza bulk. If she were, yeah. you know, like the, the out, outsider girl kind of doing a little bit of, uh, 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 rebirth there. I, th- I think this would translate really well, especially if you kept that, that very Japanese, like, just like have a really, um, for lack of a better term, like exotic or strange looking, like a really arresting Japanese girl. I mean, it would be really fun to see like a really charismatic character kind of like tearing shit up in like Riverdale or some shit, you know, it'd be so much fun. Oh God. Tomie and Riverdale crossover. Yeah. My I'm, head just exploded. I'm, I'm into it. I'm into but there, it. I could like the scenes just write themselves of like the girl, like following Tomie home and seeing how she lives. And of course, she has an insane male protector that is, you know, another broken man that Tomie is like just another life that she's destroyed. And 
just like the whole football team could fight over like the judo team did and just be crazy. And you could even do it PG 13 because that's the only kind of movie you can make anymore. Uh, yeah. And I think you could actually make it. Uh, I, I like the idea. I think you could actually make that as a bit of a, a commentary about the sexualization of uh young girls in this culture and, and ooh yeah and not necessarily uh excluding those of uh asian descent either in that category uh, i i think it'd be fun to to play with like the fear of foreigners and stuff like that cuz god knows we've got that here yeah yeah uh, it works on many levels richard i think it's a fine idea um hey. so yeah i'll <laughs> I will certainly work on that script, and I don't know. We'll. I, I, I'm not saying you're going to get a credit. We'll uh, trade points. That that's what we ought to do is trade some points on it. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite things. I will give you a, a point and a half on the back end. Go fuck yourself. Just pay me. <laughs> how about that? How about the merchandising rights, you son of a bitch? Yeah. How about how about you pay me like it's my job and not? I'm a gambler. Uh, anyway, sometimes I get fired up, uh, but, uh, you know, so before we, we, we put a, a final, uh, bow on things, <laughs> uh, your name has so many uses. It really does. Everything's I, coming up poses. I'll, I'll tell you what, if I ever had a buddy cop show, I would hook up with a native American named arrow. Oh no. <laughs> shit <laughs> i know i know right fuck you broke me <laughs> nothing will ever be that good again <laughs> um <laughs> i've thought about that far too much but it's it's too racist to do it but it would be awesome it's uh, too racist not to do it maybe so maybe so maybe it's reverse <laughs> racism is what i'm doing um <laughs> it's so hard to tell these days i don't understand anything anymore Oh man. Uh but as as we draw to a close. Um first of all, thanks for for doing this. It it's been an absolute pleasure, but also I I have such a fondness for this series of films and I look it, listeners, if you if you watch the first couple and you're like, "You know what? That was boring as shit. I don't care." I get it. I understand. But I find Something about this mythology of this idea of this demon, this love demon whose existence is to drive someone to murder her and only to return to continue torturing others. And the cycle continues that that's the life she's trapped in. And there are a couple of the movies where she addresses the pain of that. Um, I, I think there's some interesting stuff in all of that. I, I and and some of those body horror moments all through the series, uh, I think are quite quite good. And uh, so I'm, I'm a big Tomie fan. I'm I'm undeniably on board for these movies. Uh, Richard, having re experienced all of these films now, <laughs> do do you find yourself more likely to watch an, a Tomie film again, or or less likely? Oh, absolutely more likely. Absolutely. Like, I want to rewatch the ones that I'm less familiar with, like Another Face, and of course the last these last two because they're still pretty much brand new to me. 
Um, I hopefully will acquire a Tomie versus Tomie that doesn't have the hideous subtitles. Uh, I really, really want to show. Um, I mean, I love sharing these movies with people. I really want to show a friend the first Tomie movie just to get them started. And, you know, kind of like be like, if you don't like this one, wait till we watch the next one, you know, and just kind of build on that. I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And this is, this is a perfect blend of body horror and genuinely spooky stuff, which is what I think is so fun. They, all of these directors managed to sneak in some just chilling, weird stuff. Just, you know, something ain't right here. All of them. It's good. Very good. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's such, uh, such a good time. And I would be curious, like, if someone, if you were taking someone through the Tomie series, do you just skip over beginning revenge? Or do you, are you just like, look, once we're done, like, here, <laughs> here are the five that you really ought to see. And here are the four that will make you a completist. Yeah, if if I if you are hooked, then go back for those, you know. Right. Like I would never warn anybody off of them completely, but I'd be like, eh, revenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like another face I got a lot of time for. I know that's one that that gets a little bit of shit, but I don't care. I think I think another face, another face may be my favorite Tomie. Um, I don't know. The unlimited one is an awfully good Tomie. I don't know. What, what about you? Who do you like? Who's your Tomie? Oh, man. That's a really good question. Jeez. The original they, is good. Yeah, I know. But, uh, oh, man. I, I don't know. There's something about the the girl plays Tomie in another phase. Because there's so much mythology in that one, I think is another reason I like it so much, is that it's <laughs> real. it's real big on the, like, you know, the two Tomies, like one taking the picture and the other giving the peace sign. Dude, that is the best. It's, yeah, that's that's quality Tomie right there. And <clears throat> um, I'd say it's a toss up between the Tomie from uh, the original and then uh, the Tomie in Rebirth. So uh, Miho Kano from the original and then Miki Sakai from from Rebirth. I think those are just like the two really stand out uh, actresses that have portrayed the tomes. The T dog. <laughs> What's up, T dog? Um, well, uh, again, a final thanks, Richard. But what, before we, we truly, truly in this show, uh, tell people where else they can find you besides hello. This is the doom show, which everyone should listen to. Oh, well, well, yeah. Thank you for, for bringing me on this journey. This was, Five episodes of just absolute madness. I loved it. Uh, but you can find me uh, on good old Legion podcasts under the Hello, This is the Doom Show moniker or uh, avatar. I don't know. Our, some, some, some blue tall people. Yeah, our avatar, I think, is right. <laughs> uh <laughs> Hello, doomed show com and doomed com, And um, look for me inside Brad's hair because he has long hair and I climb in it and eat it. 
Like Tomie's dad ate her hair. I knew man, thank you. Anytime. Uh folks, thank you uh for those of you who have joined us for uh five episodes of Tomie Goodness. Uh well done. You have you have come very far and wasted a lot of time. Y'all uh, are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but a good crazy. Y'all Tomies is crazy. Uh but <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again very much for for joining us and uh and guess what uh we're going to be back uh real soon with a new episode uh involving uh one of two films it's still kind of up in the air it's either going to be uh Sion Sono's uh tag oh. um or if uh if if I can't book that with another it'll be a, a solo show and it's probably going to be Robogeisha so mm. <laughs> You know, mm. listeners. That is too too unseen by me. I'm excited. Robogate. Eh, all right. Uh, you just we'll talk about it later. Um, okay. All right, <laughs> folks. Thank you all again very much. Uh, have a wonderful. Uh, I almost said have have a good night, as if everyone would be in the same time zone, uh, and day and time of day as ourselves upon listening to this. That they seems are. that seems unlikely. They absolutely. Um, are. All right. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Good night. Zamek <laughs>